Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. This is our fourth and final episode as we will preview the soon-to-be-released book. It's called From Bulldog to Bingo, the story of Joe Burrow through the eyes of his hometown. Visiting with us today, of course, is the book's co-author, Scott Burson, and the one and only mother of Joe Burrow. Mom is going to join us on the show today, Robin Burrow. Robin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Solomon. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we are elated. Everyone in Bengals Nation um, is so elated to meet you. I'm sure you've already met a lot of Bengals fans here in Cincinnati, but this is a chance for them to get to know you up close and personal as we preview the book and, and start to kind of talk about some of the things that that made Joe Burrow what he is today. And of course, uh, we've been talking with Scott about um, all the things that have taken place in Athens as he has grown up. So what, let's get started by asking you, because I would like for you to begin by highlighting your role as mom and as part of the Athens community. What does it mean to support kids and helping them to achieve their goals while at the same time helping them to develop into well-rounded human beings? Well, I, I think... Um, as you may or may not know, I was a teacher here in Athens for um, about eight years, and I'm now an elementary principal. And I think that, you know, that job in and of itself is all about just that, helping kids really maximize their full potential, no matter what that is, you know. And I think that everyone has different gifts, and they also need a lot of guidance to help help them to to really maximize those gifts and um, I think that for us as a family Jimmy and I both really felt like for Joe obviously we stressed academics but we also wanted to um, really expose him to a lot of different things I think that's really important for every child um, to be able to experience a lot of different things, um, whether that's academics or if it's music or if it's traveling, all of those things help to build um, a rounded personality. And that's that's definitely something that we focused on as a family as Joe was growing up. Well, I got to tell you, in, in reading the book, uh, I become a big Robin Burrow fan. I just There's no <laughs> way that someone can read this book and not become uh, a big fan of yours and a huge admirer of what you have done and the person who you are and what you represent in the community. And Scott, that's why I want to ask you about mm. the story that you depict in the book that uh, it was one of Joe Burrow's uh, teammates was hurt. Um, I think his <laughs> name is Kevin Moberg. You could tell the story better than I. He was hurt in the game. His parents weren't able to attend the game, but it was some 50 miles outside of, of Athens. And he had broken his leg. And you tell the story of how Robin held him and held his leg while one of the other parents drove through pouring rain to get him to the hospital and get um, the emergency medical service that he needed. Um, why was it so important to tell that story? Well, again, when you're when you're writing a book like this, uh, you want it to be well-rounded. I mean, you want to tell a lot of fun stories, anecdotes, uh, you know, e even life-threatening stories. I mean, uh, like that. But Liz Lorman was the one who told me that story. And uh, Robin, you experienced it. Maybe I'll just hand it off to you. Maybe you could tell it from firsthand experience. Yeah, we had we had gone up um, 
to, I forget the name of the little town now, um, for an eighth grade football game. And um, Kevin's dad was traveling and we were close friends with their family. And it was quite a little jaunt up to, to this little town. And so a bunch of us carpooled in my van, my beloved black odyssey that I loved so much. <laughs> well, and uh, so Kevin's dad was out of town and Jonna's daughter was sick. So she was home with a sick little girl. And so um, she didn't end up riding with us. They were going to ride with us. She and Claire were going to ride with us up there too, but they um, ended up being homesick. And it was towards the end of the game the way I remember it um and somebody went down the field was really muddy and um we were all worried about those boys getting hurt out there and um we were up by quite a bit and some of the starters um were still in just I think because they didn't want to get um they didn't want to get people hurt really if they weren't warmed up and stuff so, and Kevin, well, somebody went down and we, none of us could tell who it was for the longest. So we started just checking on the sideline to see who was up, you know, try, kind of process of elimination. And we figured out that it was Kev and um, it wasn't long. And one of the, one of the coaches started walking over to the sideline. We knew he had to be looking for mom or dad. And I was like, oh no. So I got, got John, uh, Jonna on the phone and I said, well, I think Kevin's down. He must be, must be hurt pretty bad. And she said, okay, well just keep me posted and went down and, you know, they thought that he needed to get to the hospital. Um, but they thought he should probably go back to Athens because, you know, they wanted mom to be able to get there. So we loaded him in my car and took off down around all the windy roads and, southeast ohio and um got him here and none of us had even seen his his leg yet his it was just right above his ankle mm -hmm. and um they had it all wrapped up and iced and everything well he <laughs> he got out of the van and oh my heavens oh he stepped out on his good foot and it was the first time i'd seen his leg and he said do you think you think it's broken, Robin? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can see it, right? Oh, the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, we've all seen those things before, and it's not it's not a pretty sight. But um, I think that story, it resonated with me, and I think it'll resonate with a lot of readers because I, I think Scott and, and Sam do a really good job of painting a picture of this community of coaches and parents and kids and just everyone sort of just becoming this united family that really exists even till this very day. So how are you guys able to build this coalition of just wonderful support system for families and for kids and for, for everyone? It had to be just this wonderful, special thing. Let me say one thing, and then I'll let Robin answer that question. But uh, Kevin's fine, <laughs> and we will yeah, we see him at tailgates good. before Bengals that's games good. quite that's often. Good to right? know. Thank yeah. you for, for helping yeah. us out there. Uh, <laughs> he is. He is fine. He's more than fine. He's doing great now. But I think that um, 
you know, when we moved here to Athens, the, the community, Joe's friends, families um, really embraced us. And uh, we, we were welcomed into their, their little niche of friends and um, a wonderful group of people, great kids that Joe became friends with. And I think that we all worked really hard to, to raise our kids. I mean, kind of together. We, we banded together and said, okay, we're not going to do rated M video games and we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. And we all kind of stuck together, you know, as far yeah. as, um, well, most of us stuck together. John <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cooley, uh -oh. he, let, he let Joe watch a, a movie at his house that I didn't approve of one time, but that's okay. <laughs> Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe came out on the better side of things, so we're okay with that. Don right. Cooley's a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... It's always it's always good to have one of those. I remember my mom would always say, "Don't I don't want you going in their house. I don't like what goes on over there." And you know, I would always, say, "Okay, mom, yeah." And then I would go into my friend's house, and nothing happened there, you know. But she, you know, think looking back on it, you're like, she was right. You know, my, mothers know best. That's they for do. that's for certain. I, I want to ask you about um, the details. Uh, during the three years when Joe was in Columbus, 2015, 2016, 2017. And I think Sam writes cogently about during that time, Joe was not playing. Um, he was the backup quarterback during those three years. Um, and, and Jimmy was coaching. He was coaching his games on Saturday at Ohio University. You're driving out and, and all, as always supporting uh, Joe in whatever game he's playing, whether it was basketball, growing up, baseball, Football, you were always there. Um, and I think the book details that very vividly. But you're now going to Columbus every single weekend, at least for the home games, um, supporting him, knowing that he may not play as the backup quarterback. You did that for three years and ultimately didn't get to play as much as he wanted. We know it all worked out after he transferred to LSU. But kind of take us back during those three years that had to be very difficult and had to be very trying Help us to understand how did it come to mold you guys even closer to make you who and what you are today, you and, and Joe and Jimmy as a family and as a community. Yeah, I think those were hard years. Um, and I think for any athlete who goes to college and, you know, everybody comes from being the big fish in the little pond to just being a fish in a pond, you know, and, um, you know, those, those years were hard. I think it helped to, to really, um, I guess for Joe to become more mentally strong, probably. Um, and for me, I, I, you know, I couldn't do anything about it, obviously. And, um, I think for me, the one thing or the several things that I could do as a mom were to try to make his life a little easier by, and i I'm sure that you've heard the stories of me driving up every Sunday and getting his laundry and <laughs> trading out baskets every other week or every weekend. And, um, but those were just things that I wanted to try to do to help him know that he was supported and we were proud of him for, for pushing through the, the hardship. And I think that 
you know, going to those Ohio State games, which, you know, honestly, we were really never Ohio State fans before Joe went there. And um, then we were while he was there. And then we stepped back away from that a little bit again. But, um, you know, just for me, I just wanted to make sure that he knew he was always supported no matter what was happening. And me sitting in the stands on those days, you know, (laughs) somehow sympathetically giving him, giving him support as he's standing there or sitting there or whatever it was. It was, you know, that's a hard thing for a mom to watch. It's a great story to tell, uh, Scott. Uh, Help us to understand why you, why it was important for you to include that story in the book. Well, it is a big part of, uh, you know, I think the background on, on how Joe became who he is today. You know, I think I think it was after the Alabama game uh, when they beat Alabama the senior year. And in the press conference, Joe talked about, you know, we got guys on our team that weren't handed things that had to had hardships. You know, you've got a running back who's five foot eight. And you got Justin Jefferson at that time was a two star. He was a two star recruit. You know, you got Thad Moss, who was a transfer, Joe, who was a transfer. I mean, there's something about that, I think, that galvanized galvanize that team you know when everything's handed to you it's one thing but you have to earn it uh you you don't take things for granted and so i think that's a big part of who joe is uh based on my my research robin would you agree yeah i i absolutely agree you know everything happens for a reason and it was a blessing for joe to get the scholarship to ohio state and we are forever thankful for that um and you know, we all are who we are today because of all of the many steps that we've taken along the way, whether we've stumbled and fallen or if we've raced right through certain parts of our life. And I think that that those three years in Columbus definitely helped to shape him into who he is today, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I I would add add to that. That's part of what makes Joe's story relatable. Yes, uh, because we all have these challenges, right? And we have to decide what we're going to do with them. Are we going to back off? Are we going to, are we going to feel sorry for ourselves? Are we going to find a way to move forward? And so I think this story is such an inspirational story. Uh, not because, not just because Joe's one of the best quarterbacks in the world, but just because of how he's been able to face adversity, and we can all learn from that. That's right. They say adversity reveals true character, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think he comes through its shining uh, like a beacon that I think serves as a tremendous example for young people. I think when young people read this book, uh, whether you're a high school kid or junior high school kid, you have the same goals, dreams, aspirations, and you read that story, you don't, I think you could be more realistic that, hey, you can achieve your goals and maybe it's not going to be smooth sailing, right? From beginning to the end, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but you can still accomplish those goals and those dreams, particularly if you handle it um, very well. And I still remember, um, you know, when he won the Heisman Trophy, you talk about this in the book. Um, he's sitting there with some of his former teammates who are, who are also finalists for the Heisman Trophy. And the things that he continues to say about Urban Meyer, about his time spent at, at The Ohio State University, it's he still takes the high road. He still has these positive, wonderful things to say. So I think we can even still learn from him, even how he handles it today. Um, so what can you say about that, Robin? 
Well, I'm very proud of him for the way he does handle it because, um, you know, it would be very easy for him to, to probably not handle it quite as politically correct as he does. Mm -hmm. But I do think, I mean, he's very appreciative for those, those times. And because I think he knows that literally helped him become who he is and who who he needed to be at LSU. Like, I don't know why it ended up being LSU, but that's who they needed right then. And he wouldn't have been that same person had he not gone through those hardships. So although it was hard, and I think that, you know, in his mind, there are lots of little stories that eventually he will talk about maybe one day that were especially hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I'm very proud of him for being, being a very kind young man. Mm. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, Saul, I'm talking over top of you, but I just wanted to add, I wanted to go back just for a moment to uh, the Heisman speech, which I have watched many, many times. I, I cannot, Robin, I can't watch it without tearing up. Oh. You know, it just continues to move me every time. But part of what moves me is even before he got up to the podium, when he stands up and he embraces, you know, the, you know, his former Ohio State teammates, he walks across the aisle I believe you were the first person, you know, that he embraced. And and then, of course, his dad and then Coach O, and he goes down the line. And But then he comes back across, and he goes over to Ryan Day, and he goes over to the strength coach. And he's very intentional. You know, what I have noticed about Joe is he's always intentional about including everybody. Yeah. You know, when they win the national title, you know, he's talking about guys in the weight room. He's talking about uh, the chefs. He's talking yes. about the trainers. He's talking about uh, the support staff. You know, and that's uh, – to me, that reveals character, uh, yes. that that level of inclusivity. And when you have Absolutely. the platform and you can ask, you can thank those sorts of people that to me, that that said a lot is uh, the total team guy. There is no doubt. Here's a story that maybe isn't told enough, but I think is equally important because we all know about Joe's athletic accomplishments on the field. But let's talk a little bit more about his academic accomplishments in the classroom. He finished with a degree in personal finance in three years while at Ohio State. Then he goes on to earn a master's degree in his two years at LSU. Now, I know he had coaches um, on, on in terms of athletics, but we're probably looking at his academic coach for life, right? With mom uh, as a school teacher, now principal. So kind of help us to understand this this is a guy that when we watch him on Sundays at quarterback, I tell everyone, this guy's playing a chess. Everyone else is playing checkers because he's operating at such a high level. And I could tell immediately this is a very bright young man, the way that he functions in that role. Help us to understand um, some of the academic skills that he brings to the table, Robin. You know, we were really lucky, I, I guess. I mean, I don't feel like we did anything – specific to to help him academically i mean I, I definitely always helped him um especially study for tests honestly all the way through high school yeah. he was always kind of an auditory learner oh, so yeah. i would read things to him and then he would seem to understand them a little bit more um and i you know i grew up and through my schooling for being a teacher i knew that early exposure to to reading is i mean it's it's a game changer it makes a huge difference 
And so we were very deliberate in that. And we read and read and read and read a lot. But Joe was always a good student and he always wanted to do well. Um, he, he cared about doing well. And he had that self-motivation for that. And I mean, we didn't have to pay him $5 for an A. <laughs> an a. Yeah. We just didn't have to do that, thankfully. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he is very self-motivated, self-driven, and yeah, that's just a part of his personality. Well, you could tell he's also, um, uh, it's deeply important to him to help other people. Is also part of that Heisman Trophy speech that just moved the entire country in the way that um, so many resources flooded the community. It just came in. You could tell it touched everyone's heart. And in the book, Scott wrote that uh, Joe said that you were very instrumental in uh, laying um, uh, the um, concrete foundation to start the Joe Burrow Foundation, to get it up and running. Uh, what was the inspiration and why was that so important for you to do? Well, first of all, his Heisman speech was amazing. And I would have never, you know, sitting there in that chair that night, I would have never in a million years dreamt that it would have touched so many hearts to the point that it moved them to, to donate to the Athens County Food Pantry, which um, now is the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund, which is awesome. Um, but in that, we also realized that he has he has an unbelievable platform to, to reach people. And it seems like, you know, people um, respond to his um, honesty and his, his emotion, his, the depth of his feelings. And I think um, for us as a family, we just wanted to make sure that as his career is starting um, that we, we don't miss out on any opportunities to help people. And um, with his platform, he can speak the words, but in the background, we can be doing, we can be doing the work to help people. So you know, we just, I felt like it was important that we not miss out on any time that we can help people. So um, that's why we kicked off the foundation when a little bit earlier, probably than Joe was thinking about doing it. But, um, you know, we've already done some really awesome things and we're planning a lot more awesome things, um, you know, working with nationwide children's in Cincinnati and paying off some, some mental health bills for some families so they could continue to get resources there. Um, some families that were behind in payments and um, we're getting ready to start some in-school food pantries uh, coming up for the next school year. We're excited about that. We're going to kind of start a little bit slow, make sure we do it right, and then have a good have a good pilot program, hopefully, that can, we can roll out to more schools. Um, we're really looking forward to that. And I think this past week, we had uh, a food distribution at a school in Cincinnati, uh, partnered with Kroger. They helped um, with the food, and we sent some food home with kids over spring break because mm -hmm. um, I guess the food pantry in Cincinnati was closed um, this week or something. And so sure, yeah. we, we wanted to get some food out. Our um, Amy Floyd is the executive director of the foundation, and she's doing an awesome job. 
um, we were fortunate to be able to partner with her and um, making the foundation a success so far. That's great. And Scott, I, I understand that a portion of the proceeds mm -hmm. from the book uh, is going to go towards um, the Joe Burrow Foundation. Am I right? What more you're, can you tell us about that? Yeah, you're right. So every, every book uh, that is sold, you can feel good about a portion of that that will go to support the Joe Burrow Foundation. And then uh, you can go to the website, right? And you can donate directly on the website. It's uh, joeburrow.org, I believe. Yes, that's correct. joeburrow.org. And I think over Christmas, there was a fun competition between uh, people in Ohio and people in Louisiana, Robin. Maybe That's you right. could talk about that. Yeah. We, yes, we uh, we did a kickoff uh, with some T-shirts and we did them in LSU purple and gold and also Bengals orange and black. And um, the Bengals, the Bengals won. <laughs> but we we raised a lot of money for That's for great. a good reason for the joe burrow foundation uh, yeah of course there are a lot of uh new Bengals fans down there in the bayou too so sometimes it's hard to figure out you know you know who is uh contributing what right that, that well that's true i suppose some of those people might have purchased orange and black ones i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> and, and robin i also understand that uh, you were urged not to sell the a family home in Athens that it's got <laughs> that you got to keep it there. Why was this so important? Well, Joe was very adamant about that. We will definitely be staying right here in Athens. This house is not going anywhere or going. We're not going to sell it to anybody. That's for sure. It was funny this weekend. He was home actually for just a couple nights, and he had a whole bunch of friends. We haven't seen. I hadn't seen some of those boys since really high school. And it was like the good old days with a whole bunch of cars parked out in front and a pile of shoes at the back door. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that reminded me when I read about that in the story that Scott told that, that story in the book, it reminded me of, I told my mom, you can't move. Like it, it gave me a reason to go back home to just be in that home where I grew up in. And that's where my mom lived and all the family members and friends could come and see me. Because I'm here in Cincinnati and I had to go all the way back. But it, get, it gives us all, it, as, as grown as we might seem, it gives us that sense of place to be able to come back home. So I totally relate it to that story. And uh, and Scott, I want you to give me the uh, that story of how he goes back and he goes to his former coach, his little league football coach, Sam Smathers, and he says, uh, you still detail cars, don't you? <laughs> and but you and I both know it was more than about getting his car detailed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he he showed up in the dog pound. Of course, Sam Smathers uh, was on here talking with us a couple weeks ago. And Sam's not just a co-author; he's a big part of this this story. So Joe shows up at the dog pound, which I understand he did this weekend. But he pulled his his Porsche in and and asked him if uh, he still detailed cars. And they they just had I think a ninety minute conversation, kind of catching up and. Sam says whenever they talk, though, they don't talk about football. They just talk about life. They talk about memories. And yeah. from what I can tell, what I've heard, you know, talking to so many people in Athens, that's kind of the way it is. I mean, Joe loves reminiscing, yeah. you know, and yeah. he feels, uh, I think, probably most at home when he's talking about Athens County. Well, Robin, we're, we're running out of time here. So I got one final question um, for you. Uh, when Scott Burson and Sam Smathers approached you about writing the book, and telling uh, the family story and Joe's story through the eyes of, of the Athens community. 
Um, what compelled you to say yes? You know, sometimes <laughs> that you open yourself up and we're not so sure how, how that story may go, right? And so kind of help us understand what compelled you to, to tell this story. Well, I will definitely say that I am a more private person. So I definitely thought about it uh, a little bit longer than Jimmy did. Um, but I think that more than anything, you know, Joe's story is it, it's an amazing story. And yeah. if, if his story can, can help one child in to me, Southeast Ohio or in Appalachia in America, anywhere yeah. to know that, you know, if you have a dream, you can, you can achieve it. You have to work hard. You're going to have to overcome a lot of adversity, but it can happen. And there are lots of people that feed into that story. So you have to open your heart. You have to let people in, you have to work hard and stay diligent. And I mean, to me, if, if this book could help one person, I think that it's, it's great. So that is why I ultimately said, okay, let's do it. Well, we appreciate it um, because the, the, I don't know that the book could have been written without you. Um, we certainly couldn't have done this show without you. I think the Joe Burrow story, um, clearly you're a huge part of that. This is just phenomenal. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's called From Bulldog to Bingo. That's the book is set to come out. Uh, later this month in April, we're going to encourage all Bengals fans, uh, all Joe Burrows fans, everyone to go out and buy this book because it's a truly, I think it's a great American story. And I think Scott and Sam did a wonderful job of telling that story. So thank you for taking the time to join us on the Believe in Bengal podcast. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.